Amen, amen. You know, it's a, I think we kind of blew off a of guard. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I said, here at Harvest Point, we're always looking to, to change certain things and just make things different. I, I, know, I know Raven was a little nervous this morning, but as she said this morning, just, you know, we have to put everything before God and just allow him to, to move in everything. He knows what you're going through already. He already, he already knows how you feel. So when you give it to him, all those situations that you're going through, he'll start to, he'll start to, to unwind them and kind of get you ready and just kind of make sure that that path that you're unfamiliar with starts to get familiar. You know, so church, so just continue to, to look to God for that guidance and, and just when you feel like you're lost and you just can't move anymore, I promise you, you look to him, he's already got it uh, already lit up for you and he's starting to clear that way, amen? That, that scripture this morning was just that perfect word that we all needed to hear. Because we don't know what today holds or tomorrow holds, but God knows what, what it holds and he knows exactly what we need, even when we don't. Amen? Amen. Now, I know we're all anxious to uh, hear uh, this morning's uh, message, so we'll go ahead and bring uh, Pastor Blue up here. All right. Um, good morning, everybody. I'm excited to be here. Uh, there's been a lot going on this morning, uh, a lot of moving pieces, a lot of problems, as there always is. Uh, so today, there was a few things that uh, the Lord put on my heart this morning. Um, and it's uh, some really, I'd say heavy stuff, uh, but it's always heavy because we're talking about spiritual matters. Um, because what the Lord was sharing me is that um, there's just some things that I've seen, you know, growing up in the church um, that have kind of like weighed heavy on me for a really long time. Uh, and so uh, what I want to do is, um, man, we're just going to get into it, but, but I really feel like God has shown me a few things. I feel like we're losing our vision as a bride, uh, as a church, we're actually losing the, the things that actually matters. Um, we've taken our eyes off of the eternal and put them on the temporary. And, and God just been showing me and he's been, he's been giving me some things. And what I really feel like the church has really lost, um, I feel like the bride has lost her cry. Like, like the cry of, of desperation, a cry of hunger. I really believe that the church is gradually losing that. And we're gradually... We're losing eternity, our, our, etern our eternal mindset, and we're just constantly focus focusing on temporary things. And so the Lord was opening up my eyes up to some things, uh, and it's, it's, just, it's, it's just, man, I just want to get into it. Um, and so there's a few scriptures that we'll walk through today uh, that the Lord put on my heart. But overall, man, I'm just excited to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to, to deliver a message from the Lord. Um, I'm so excited to, to just be here and, and talk about what the Lord has put on my heart um, because, man, if we, can, if we can see this, I believe there's so many things in our lives, so many things that we'll go through that will radically change us. And, and that's what I'm believing for our body is for radical change, radical hunger, radical hunger and thirst for the Lord. 
And so that's, that's what I want to talk about this morning. So let's pray, and then I'll start sharing some things. Lord, we thank you for this day. Uh, God, we thank you for your love over us. We thank you, God, that uh, uh, you sent your son to die on the cross for us. Um, we thank you that you, uh, you shed your blood uh, just because you loved us. And so, God, today we ask that our eyes be open, the eyes of our heart be open today. I uh, ask that our minds be open to your truth, to your love, to, to who you are, God. And so, Holy Spirit, we receive you. We yield to you in this moment. It's not about me. It's not about the church. It's not about nothing. It's about you, Jesus. And so we're here today for you, to praise you, to hear from you, oh God, uh, to, to worship you, to adore you, um, just, just to look at you, God, to behold you. So we thank you for today. We ask um, just hearts be open right now. We ask that minds be open right now, that eyes, that, that veils will be torn off of our eyes this morning, Lord. So we thank you. We love you. And in Jesus' name, we all say amen. Amen. Okay, so what I want to do, how I want to start this off is I actually want to share um, a part of my testimony. Um, and it's probably a part that you guys have maybe heard, maybe not heard. So in high school, I was a football player, um, got a football scholarship to go play in a college in Oklahoma. And um, I was really excited. I was like, man, this is going to be fun, you know. Football is gonna be football is gonna be fun. Uh, camp and everything is is. I was just excited to just go to a new state um, and just live a, a different life and experience new things um, and play college football. Right, like as a, as a kid in uh, high school, you're growing up, you're playing sports. You're like, man, I'm go play college. Like that's what I want to do. Um, and so I took off and. Before we left, I was like, man, I'm ready for this. This was in 2015. I had just graduated, and it was 2015 of August. Um, so we left, and I was like, man, I'm ready for this. But as we started getting closer and closer to Oklahoma, I was like, man, this is kind of scary. Like, I'm about to be on my own. I'm, I'm about to just, like, play college football. I'm about to be around people I've never met before. Um, I don't know what to expect. And the it was actually a, a crazy story, but the coach that recruited me ended up taking another job. So I was going into the college. I didn't know any of the coaches. I didn't know nobody. Uh, nobody in the state of Oklahoma. I didn't know anybody. And so um, we took off, and uh, we got there and started unpacking and moved into my dorm room and stuff. And it was fun, you know, like meeting new people and all that. Um, but, man, I just remember, um, you know, football starting, and, and I remember I was sitting in my car, um, and it was, my parents were about to leave. We just said bye, and uh, they were going back home. I had to go to practices and workouts and stuff, and I gave them a hug. I was like, I love you guys, and I got in my car, and I just started weeping, um, and it was, it was such a different experience for me. Um, I was in, I just, I didn't know anybody. I was in a place I had never been before. Um, I was scared, truly. I, I didn't know, I didn't know what to experience. I didn't know what to do. I didn't have any relationships around me. Um, I didn't ha really have nothing. And so I just remember weeping and driving to uh, the field house where we practiced and worked out and all that stuff, um, just in tears. Um, I was just afraid. I was anxious. I was nervous. I didn't know. Man, it was it was it was a really tough time, and so as as sports kind of kept going on, uh, the coach that had came in that year, he was from the military, so it was like crazy. Like I'm telling you, like we had 
stuff at like 5 a.m. in the morning. Uh, and then we went to, had to go to classes. And then you had to come back from classes. You have practice and you have games and you got meetings and you got to watch film. But then you still have to finish your homework from school. Um, you got to stay on top of that. And then like you want to have a social life. So you're like meeting new people and things like that. Um, but I just remember those first couple months, um, it was August, September, October, those are probably one of the most difficult months of my life. Um, like I, every night I was just about in tears. Um, I, had a, I had a roommate there and we, we became pretty good friends. Um, but I just remember like going to bed, trying to not make too much noise, but I was like, not okay. Like I was, I was really struggling. Um, not like spiritually, but I was just in, in a place, I was just, I didn't know anybody, I was lonely, I didn't have any relationships, um, and then physically, you're, you're brought to your lowest point physically, I mean, they're pushing your body every single day to the absolute limit, mentally, you're, you're getting pushed every day to the limit, so physically, mentally, and, and I didn't have any really support emotionally, um, man, it was, it was really hard, like, it was really hard, um, and so, as like what I started to realize was that I was like, look, I'm, I'm over here. I I almost quit football multiple times. I don't know if y'all knew that, but I almost quit my freshman year and then I almost quit again my sophomore year. Um, but we stayed in it. Praise God. Um, uh, man, but I just remember the first few months, it was such a hard time for me. Um, and, uh, I just, there's, there's a Psalm that I had been reading, um, that it honestly it kind of sums up like what I was going through. And there there was a lot of I remember going through those times and really relating to David because he was, you know, in battle. Um he was going through a lot of things. And so uh, I, I just want to read it to you guys so that we can kind of understand um kind of where I was. So uh, in Psalm 63, we have um uh verses one through eight, it says Well, I'll start in 40. 42 is a little better. Psalms 42 says, As the deer pants for water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? And it goes on, and he talks about battle and joy and things like that. Um, But I just... kind of sums up kind of where I was, where David is at this place where he's saying, my tears have been my food day and night. And so what happened in that moment was that I I understood that there was something lacking in my life. I was able to see the things that I didn't have. And so out of out of that vision, I I became desperate. I became like I was just in a place of desperation. I didn't have anybody else. I couldn't rely on anybody else. There was nothing There was nothing I could do. The only thing I had was Jesus. That was it. And so out of those months grew a desperation like I have never felt for Jesus because growing up, you have a big support system, and if you fall, somebody will catch you, and you're good. But when you're around people you don't know, and if you don't know, football culture is not like church culture. Okay, it's it's bad. Um, and so I was in this place, and out of that place grew a desperation, like out of my gut, out of my belly, um, 
a hunger be, be, like just like rose out of me because I realized that there was nothing else that would do. And he was the only option. There was no other option. There was no other thing that could replace what I was missing and what I was lacking. And so out of those three months, I, I even that whole freshman, the rest of my college experience, I grew like never before because I saw the need. I saw what was lacking in my life. And, and through, that, through that vision, me seeing the lack, a hunger grew out of me because I was like, man, if I don't get this right now, one or two things is going to happen. Either I'm going to grow from this or I'm not going to grow from this. And so for me, I was like, no, man, we, we, like, we, we got to figure this out. And so I just, man, I was in those first few months, I was in a place of desperation. And so I share that this morning to, I want to talk about our hunger. I want to talk about our thirst. I want to talk about our desperation this morning. Um, and the Lord just really reminded me of that experience because I think what's happening in the, in the church right now is that because of our vision and because of what we're focused on, we're actually not seeing eternal needs. We're just seeing temporary needs. And so out of the vision of, of seeing things through temporary things, we're actually losing our, our, our desperate hunger for the Lord. We're losing it because of our vision. And so this is, this is what I want to talk. I want to talk about that, what I just said. Um, that, and the Holy Spirit was convicting me of this hard um, throughout even the past few months, um, even in our young adults groups on, on Wednesdays. Man, it's been really good, and the Lord's been showing us a lot of things. Um, and really, it's, it's like we need to wake up. Like we seriously, we seriously need to wake up. And, and what the Lord was showing me is that anytime there's a lack of hunger and thirst in your life, there's a lack of vision. Because what you're focusing on is not actually what you act really need. Um, I find that so often, and even for me, you know, you can... In this life in America, everybody's trying to build their own dynasty in a way, right? And so we become so focused on these temporary situations, whether it's image, whether it's materials, whatever it is. And so all the needs we're seeing are temporary things instead of taking our eyes off of those temporary things that don't really mean too much and, and setting them on the eternal. And so if, if you're right now in this moment, in this place, and, and if you look, can look back at your life, um, maybe the past few months or the past year or two, and if you see a lack of hunger, it's because you've been focusing on the wrong things, straight up. And so I ask you today, where is your hunger? Where is your vision? Because we, everybody has a hunger and a vision for something. Everybody has it, whether it's church, whether it's your career, uh, whether it's sports or, or, or hobbies or photography or art. What all, everybody has a hunger. Everybody has a thirst for something. And I think for us, it's, it's so crucial as the bride that we find our vision. Because if we lose our vision, we lose our direction. We can't see where we're going. And so we have to... Man, we have to really just come back to what truly matters. And so... Everything, even when I was, I was going through my notes and going through scriptures, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. That's it. Like, it's, 
that's the only thing that matters. And so any time that we as a bride take our eyes off of Jesus, we're probably setting them on temporary things. And when we set them on temporary things, we are never going to see the need for Jesus. And so when we don't see the need for Jesus, that's when medi- mediocre Christianity comes into play. Because we're not seeing the needs. We're not seeing the ways in which we as people need him so much. We don't see the, the, the reliance that we must have on Jesus. We don't see people right next to us who are suffering without Christ. And because we're not seeing those needs, we lack hunger. Because we were built for the hunger of Jesus. We were created and fashioned in the image of him according to the knowledge of Jesus. Okay? So, so we have to stay focused as a bride. And, 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 and man, it's just it's so crucial that our eyes stay on Jesus. Um, we find ourselves, I think even me, and, and the, the Lord was like just hitting me with this, is that we're very, very self-focused. It's like, like a natural thing to just think about us. It's supernatural. You wake up and the first thing you think is, uh, I got to use restroom. I got to go. I got to brush my teeth. Do my, you know, you do all your things and, and you make your coffee, breakfast, all this stuff. Um, but without realizing it, our whole morning was about us. Um, it was about what we wanted. And so we get into these routines that are temporary, that they don't really mean too much. Um, we get into the routine of, of basically just having a temporary, uh, finite perspective on life. And so through that perspective, we're not seeing the, king, the needs of the kingdom. We're always seeing temporary needs. So when you always see temporary needs, you're always going to lack hunger. You're always going to lack zeal. Um, you may get emotionally stirred up, but in the end, it's not going to be continual because you're focused on the wrong things. And so what I'm going to propose to you is that um, if you are lacking in, in a, a, a desperation, if you, haven't, if you haven't had a desperate hunger to know Jesus, if you haven't had a desperate hunger for people around you to know Jesus, something's wrong. Something's wrong. If there's, if there's not a fire stirring in you to know God each and every single day and for people around you to know him and experience him through your, your fruits and your gifts and who you are as a son or daughter, something is wrong. Something is gravely wrong. And I'm telling you right now that if, if, we, lose, if we lose our vision, nothing, like, that's it. Like, we lose our power. We lose our witness. Um, we lose our testimony. It... I don't, I don't know how else to, like, describe these things, but there's a few scriptures that I want to take us through today. So if you have your Bibles, let's get into the word. Let's look at it because I don't want you to just take my word for it, right? Like, let's go into the scriptures. Let's look at what Jesus was saying. Let's look at what Paul was saying. Uh, let's look at these words. Um, let's start off. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm telling you right now, God is going to do some things today. He's going to change some mindsets today because, man, I'm telling you, if we get this and our, our eyes go off of temporary to the eternal, everything around us changes. Man, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. Okay, 2 Corinthians 4. Uh, let's go to verse 16 through 18. You probably know this one. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, 
which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So notice that it's already eternal. That the suffering, the things that we go through, all the struggles, everything, it has nothing to do with what happens here on earth. But it has everything to do with when we meet Jesus. Eternity. Come on. Let's keep reading. Verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the temporary, sorry, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So I'm telling you right now, if you're focusing things on what you can actually see with your eyes, it's temporary. And I find myself, I have to, man, I have to constantly be reminded, uh, go into the scriptures and pray and constantly be reminded and, and let the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, Holy Spirit, what am I not seeing today? Because if I'm lacking hunger, there's something I'm not seeing today. I'm probably looking at things that actually don't matter. I'm probably looking at the things which are seen with my eyes. Because at the end of the day, everything that you see with your eyes will be gone. Everything. My nice suit and kicks. It's all going to be gone, okay? So, like, I, I just think we have to come under, and what the Lord has been showing me, man, for a while, is how to, how to put on the new man, right, the new self, wrecking yourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ, putting on that new man, and seeing everything I go through through eternity. When you see everything you go through through eternity, the problems that you thought were problems actually aren't problems, and then your eyes are open to the, to the reality of the spiritual warfare that's happening around us. Man, I, I just, even for me, I feel like uh, we get so in a routine and we enjoy life. And there's things to enjoy. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. But if we enjoy something and we lose that, that mindset of eternity, something's off. Like it's, it's, uh, it's just, it's not something you turn on and off when you show up to church or, uh, or when you just go to pray. It's like a constant every day, 24-7 thing where you're waking up and you're in eternity. Your mindset and your eyes are not focused on the things which are seen, but they're focused on the things which are not seen. Amen? Come on. Let's go to Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews 12. Come on. All this scripture is adding up. This is the word of God. This, this is so powerful. It's so powerful. Come on, let's, let's not just, uh, just not just come in here and get excited about it, but like, man, let's let the Holy Spirit minister this to us this morning. Hebrews 12 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Verse 2, looking unto what? Jesus. Looking unto who? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I'm telling you, it's all about Jesus. When we die and we leave this place and, and we enter into eternity, guess who it's about? Jesus. Nonstop. And so for us as believers, we have to walk like, like, like uh, the Lord's prayer says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the will that's done in heaven, we every single day should be actively working for that will to be done on earth. That is our goal. That is our mission as believers is not to just show up to church things or just to do the thing. You guys know you can come to church and not grow. You can come to church for 10 years and not grow. It is up to every single person. You have to make a decision when you walk in here and say, man, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk out 
somebody that I, I, I got to be different than who I was when I first walked in. And so this is like a 24-7 thing where we're actively seeing eternally and we're praying to God, God, let your, the will that's done in heaven, let that come down to earth. And, it, I, man, if, if we can come under that perspective like I said, the things that we thought were problems aren't problems anymore because our eyes are fixed on who? Jesus. Come on, the author and the finisher. Let's go to Colossians. We could walk through like 20 scriptures, but I only could use a few because we would just be up. I would just be up here for hours. Um, Colossians 3. Colossians 3, 1 through 2. Colossians 3, 1 through 2. This is going to be good. Yeah. Okay, Colossians 3, 1, 1 through 2 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. It's Jesus again. It's Christ. It's the Messiah. It's Jesus. Uh, verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Come on. We have to set our mind. We have to read those, read those words and let that fall on good soil. We, ha we have to uh, come under this understanding where we're not so focused on our temporary mindset and temporary pleasures and satisfactions. Um, because when we do that, I, we allow the enemy to just work sin in us and produce not Christ. And so as believers, when we wake up, our mind, you, you should wake up, have these scriptures, and just memorize and, and be going through them. And, and you just repeat to yourself, I'm not going to seek the things which are here today. I'm going to seek the things which are above. I'm going to set my mind on things that are above. I'm, I'm going to set my mind on eternity today. I'm not going to set my mind on temporary pleasures and satisfactions and problems because all that leads to is sin and death. I'm going to set my mind on eternity, and I'm going to see Jesus. I'm going to behold Jesus. That's what it's about. It's us seeing Jesus. When we come and worship, it ain't about us. It's about us seeing Jesus rightly. That's it. That, that, is the, that is the eternal pleasure and eternal joy of our lives is that we get to know Jesus. Is that we get to know our Father, our Creator, the one who, who, who shaped heavens, the heavens and the earth with his hand. We actually get to know him. Come on, that's the gospel. Let's go Matthew 10. Let's see what Jesus has to say. Matthew 10, Matthew 10. Matthew 10, verses 37. I'm going to start at verse 37. Um, yeah, this is, this, is, this is a hard one, but this is the words of Jesus. Matthew 10, verses 37 says, He who loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. That's hard. Because we love our moms and we love our dads. Like it's deep. It's a deep love, right? But the Christ is saying, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Now, I don't have any kids yet, but I will. Come on. Just give us a little bit of time, and I'll understand that. But for those of you who do have kids, you understand a love that I don't even understand. And even that love that I can't even comprehend, Jesus is saying, if you love them more than me, you're not worthy of me. <laughs> you're not worthy of me. In verse uh, 38, 
And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Man, as, as I read those words, I'm reminded of the, the story with the rich young ruler, right, where this, this rich man comes, he wants to follow Jesus, Jesus, I want to follow you, I, what, what, do I, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And he's like, okay, do all these things of the law, do this, do this, do this, and he's like, I've done all those things. He's like, all right, okay, I want you to sell everything you have and come follow me. And didn't do it, right? He, he couldn't do it because... His eyes were focused on the temporary. His eyes were only focused on what he could see. So he could not see eternity. He couldn't see uh, the eternal, just the riches of Christ. All he saw was what he had, everything that he could see with with his eyes. And I feel like a lot of us, and I have to ask myself this every day, and I like to say, uh, like, man, I would, and that's, that's my heart. And, like, if Jesus told me the same exact sentence, sell everything you have and follow me, would you do it? Um, I've thought about that a lot. And something that the Lord has, has worked in me also is that a lot of times we get under the, the mindset and the thinking that what we have is actually ours. That, it, that it, it is ours and it belongs to us, right? It's me. I worked for it. I paid for it. It's mine. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Um, and we walk or walk through life with things that are, are ours, right? We hold tightly. They're our possessions. And then when the Lord asks us to give something, it's really hard and difficult because our mindset is it's ours. But what the Lord showed me, and it's the most simplest thing, is that everything you have is not yours. It's simple. That's the eternal mindset says that everything that I have in this world doesn't even belong to me. It's not even about those things. If I have, if I don't have, even Paul said, I've, I've learned to be satisfied with and without everything. And so we have to come under that same understanding where our eyes are fixed on the eternal. So if we have it, great. If we don't have it, great. It don't matter. But what we have, first of all, isn't even ours. It's his. It's his. Everything that we have is his. Like he created everything. <laughs> everything that we see he created. And so I share those scriptures and man, there's a lot more we could go into them, but all of them talk about the same thing, where we're fixing our eyes, what, what we're seeing or what we're not seeing. And so, um, man, we, we have to come under these scriptures and we have to come under the mentality where there is literally nothing worth more to us than Jesus. There is nothing on this earth, not our son, not our daughter, mother, father, brother. There's nothing on this earth that actually means more than Jesus. If we can't come to that point, then everything else that I will say or have said won't actually land. Because your love is focused on things which are seen. And so we have to move right now. Like like we need to evaluate our hearts and evaluate our minds and evaluate our lives and look at the value we've placed on things. If the value you're placing on things is just in temporary, then it will all fade. It, will all, it, it won't mean anything. But if we can fix our eyes on eternity, if we can fix our eyes on the person of Jesus, everything will change. Everything will change. And it's not about your circumstances changing. So when I say everything will change, it's not about everything is going to get in order and everything is going to be the way that you like it. When I say everything will change, I'm talking about the perspective and the lens in which you see your circumstances. So 
Because our, our circumstances, when, when we have eternal vision and we go through something, we go through suffering, um, our circumstances, what we realize is that it's not about the problem. It's not about the issue. It's about Christ being formed in me. That is the mystery of, of the ages that nobody could understand up until Jesus came, is that Christ in us, the hope of glory. So when we, when we encounter suffering and, and, and circumstances and things, it's not about those things necessarily. It's more so about how Christ is forming himself in you each and every single day, and that's how we grow, right? So the whole point for us even coming here on Sundays is to grow. Right? To grow in our knowledge and understanding and to grow in our, our, our passion for Jesus and our passion to know him. And so, um, man, when we, when we lose those things, if we lose our vision and our, and our mindset, everything that we do, if our vision isn't focused on eternity, everything we'll do actually won't mean anything. It won't mean anything. It will come and it will go. It will come and it will pass away and it will fade away. Uh, and then just hopefully you keep making along, right? You're, you're just like praying for, for everything to change in your life rather than praying, Christ in me, hope of glory, change me. Christ in me, hope of glory, change my mind, change my eyes. What, God, what am I not seeing today? What, what, what temporary things am I focusing on today? How am I not seeing you today rightly? Because if there's a day, if there's one day where you lack hunger, you lack vision. If there's one moment where you're lacking hunger and thirst for Jesus, you're actually not looking at Jesus. You're looking at your temporary needs and satisfactions. That, that's why I said at the beginning, I feel that the bride is losing her cry because we're losing our vision. We're, we're, I, I feel like sometimes we cry over things that God is like, what are we doing? Like, it's not about those things. There's far more greater things that are happening within you, son or daughter. It's, it's about me being formed in you. At the end of the day, it's about you seeing me in glory when we leave this place. Man, come on. We're going to see him. We're going to see Jesus. That's amazing. That's beautiful. So what I, what I want to propose to you today is, is your vision aligned with Jesus? Is your vision aligned with the word of God? Is it? Is it aligned with Jesus? Is it aligned with eternity? Is it aligned with his word? Because if it's not everything in your life, you will always lack spiritually. Always. Because your needs and the things that you think you need are temporary things. When Christ is just like, he's so much more focused on the eternal. And so his mind and his heart towards you is that when you get into a situation of suffering, there's far more weighty things happening in your life than just the situation. Because Christ is either being formed or he's not being formed in you. And I don't want to be the latter. I, I don't want to go into situations and Christ not be formed in me. Because, it, and it's so easy too. You can, something can happen, big or small. And immediately your eyes are focused on what you can see. Right? It's a natural thing. And you have to constantly be reminded, uh, constantly throughout the day, what actually matters. Um, and just surrender those things. And, and, and it really, it's, it's your flesh, right, that's wanting to... Uh, rise up and that's wanting to hang on to the things that it wants to hang on to. But what we have to understand is we have to, we have to filter everything through the word of God. So when the word of God says, reckon yourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ, we have to actually reckon ourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ. So that when we walk, we walk in the new man, 
right? We walk in the new stature. We don't walk in the oldness of the letter, but we walk in the newness of the spirit. That, so our eyes are focused on, on the spirit of God. Our eyes are focused on the things that we actually can't see with my eyes. It's not focused on something not going the way that I want it to. It's actually focused on, God, what are you producing in me today? What are you showing me? What are you revealing to me today about you that I didn't know about you yesterday? Oh, man. I want to I read a few scriptures out of the book of Revelation. Now, I know the book of Revelation can sometimes get a bad rap because there's just so much stuff in there. And it's, it is, there are some things that are hard to comprehend. But there, there's just a few things that uh, I wanted to read in regards to what we see. Because in the book of Revelation, John is describing what he's seeing. Um, and he's describing what the elders are seeing and the four living creatures, what they're seeing and their response to what they're seeing because they're seeing Jesus. They're seeing eternity. So let's go to Revelation 4. And you're going to know, you guys know these verses, but I think sometimes we read it and like, oh, that's cool. That sounds good. It sounds cool, but like, what does it mean for me? Like, the book of Revelation, you can't even really understand that. What, is it, what does it mean for us? So let's look at it. Let's look at Revelation 4. Um, I'm going to read in verse 9. It says, Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. So what does that mean for us? That is giving us a picture of eternity. It is showing us what actually matters. It's revealing to our human eyes that we're reading, right? We're, we're reading these words. It's revealing eternity to us because when we die, however long we live, who knows how long each of us are going to live in this world. But whenever we die, we're going to see Jesus. And so... Uh, Man, John is giving us a picture of Jesus in the throne and, and the atmosphere of heaven. Because like I was saying before is that our will is to bring heaven down to earth. That should be our will each and every day. If it's not our will, I don't think you're a believer. <laughs> because if, if, if you're just a believer to just be one or, or look like one, there's no power in that. It's just a form of godliness, but it has nothing to do with Jesus. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they, were, they exist and were created. You are worthy, O Lord, you are worthy. They sing, they sing, they don't stop. This continues forever. So we have this picture that you, it's even hard to fathom. John is describing it as best as he can with his limited knowledge living in, you know, uh, this was like 30 A.D., 50 A.D., uh, we see things and kind of have a little more imagination probably than they did. But even then, he's describing it to the best of his ability. And so even if you continue on, right, you go to Revelation 5. If you go to verse um, 11, it says, Then I looked, that's John speaking, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, 
Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And it, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. It, it just continues. It keeps going. It's, it's nonstop. If you go to uh, chapter 4, verse 8, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. This is the eternal perspective that we have to put on, the lens that we have to put on when we wake up. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And it says, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. And when it says in verse 10, we, we got to get this. We, and when it says in verse 10, chapter 4, it says, then the 24 elders fall down before him. Man, there's something about that verse. Now, th- these are, this, is, this is what's happening in heaven. This isn't like something they're doing. All, this, is, this is the heavenly places. This is the, the throne room of God. And the elders are falling down before the Lord. Falling down. I, I see that. You know what I hear in my head? Hunger. Man, they had a hunger for the Lord. They had had a thirst to just glorify and magnify him. Where's our hunger? Where's our thirst to to each and every moment of our day to just fall down on our face? Lord, you're worthy. Lord, you're holy. Man, God, you're beautiful. Man, that's what it's all about, waking up with that hunger, with that fire in our bellies. It's not about us. It's about glorifying Jesus. It's about knowing Jesus. But the only way that we can come under that passion is if we align our vision to eternity. That's the only way. If we are constantly going, if you walk out of here and then we constantly align our vision back on temporary, we've lost it. We've lost it. We're going to fall back into the norm. Right? The, the cultural norm. Uh, go to your job, do your thing, you know, make some money, uh, take some vacations, get a nice car. That, like, that's the norm, right? And if you have it, great. If you don't have it, great. It doesn't even matter. It's about Jesus. Our mindset is about Jesus. Our vision is on eternity. Our vision is seeing the elders and the saints falling down at the throne of Jesus, at the throne of God. Man, this is what matters. This is what matters, truly. I, I just, I, I go through these things and like, just even thinking about um, speaking today um, stirred me because um, what the Lord was ministering to me, like everything I'm saying, the Lord was like, just giving it to me. And it was, it was, it was uh, like how they say in the book of Acts, like it cut, right? It was, it was so sharp that. When the Lord even reminded me of those moments when I was in college where there was a desperation in my life and a hunger to know God because I had no other option, there was something that grew out of me in those moments. There was something that was like formed in me that I had never experienced before. And so thinking about those times and and just the Lord just kind of bringing those memories back up and and kind of walking through them again, um, I realized that I... Personally, the Holy Spirit was saying, like, sometimes you have, sometimes you're looking at eternity and sometimes you're not. Like, he was telling me this, that I'm, I'm focused on eternity sometimes and the other times I'm just focused on things that I can see. Um, and like I was saying, like, at the end of the day, those things are irrelevant. That's, we have to see the temporary things as irrelevant to us. We have to. Because, first of all, this isn't even our home, right? We're just passing on through. 
right? We're just passing on through to eventually know Jesus and see the, the elders and, and, and cast our crowns before the Lord. That's what it's about, man. It ain't about even just like just having a mansion. Man, it's about just being with Jesus. Like that's, that's, the, that's the joy of, of a believer is to, to say like, man, I know Jesus. He's within me. He lives in me. And I speak to him and he speaks to me and he ministers to me and he loves him and I love on him. And it's, it's great. But then we're actually going to see him. Like we're actually going to be before Jesus. Um, oh, and there was a song uh, that, was, that came on uh, the other day. And it was talking about like, man, when I see your face, I'd wish I'd given more away. When I see you, I, I like it. Just it's, it's going through that, and I just remember saying, like, man, like that's that's deep. Because when we see Jesus, I think it's just like you see him, and you're like, nothing else matters. So why did I hold what I had because it was mine, or because I worked for it, or earned it? Like, it's Jesus. Like, if you for the rest of my life, I'm just gonna be talking about Jesus. Any anytime I'm up here, it's always going to be about Jesus. Always. That's the that's the only thing that's steadfast. It's 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 eternity. It's the it's the eternal vision where we're so fixated on Jesus that nothing else matters. Everything else is irrelevant. And so the bride of Christ, you are the bride of Christ, needs to awaken. Needs to awaken out of a uh, mediocre routine kind of keep going through the motions Christianity and awaken to desperation and hunger to know Jesus. Man, the bride has to, we have to awaken to that. We have to awaken um, to desperation, to hunger, to thirst, to truly know the heart of God, to truly know who he is. Um, I just, man, I, I think there are so many things going on around um, in our world that, uh, man, it can be overwhelming. It can, it can truly be overwhelming when, when we're looking at things and uh, things that are happening in different countries, things that are happening in our country, um, so much stuff. And it can, it can, like, there's times where it, like, gets me upset. Um, just all the stuff that's going on, it gets me frustrated. And I'm like, man, Lord, like, just, like, give me perspective. Give me good perspective on everything that's happening. Because um, the reality of, of all the things that happen in our world is sin. That's what it all comes back to. You go to politics, uh, power, uh, man, all the things that happen, it's, it really comes back to sin. Um, it comes back to the fall of man. It comes back to people not knowing their father, their creator. Uh, it comes back to people not having a, an intimate relationship with Jesus. That's what it comes down to, because um, I have I've had a lot of friends and that I went to college with who uh, they were you know in theology and Maddie's had a lot of friends that when she was at CFNI they were in Bible school and and we talk about them and they're they're as far away as they can be from the Lord now, and in my head I, I'm I'm thinking what what didn't they see what didn't they see like to to actually turn away from holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power and the, and, and, and the glory of God, the beauty of God. What, did, what didn't they see? What happened? What, what, what obscured, obscured their vision? What veil was over their eyes that caused them not to see Jesus rightly? And so 
we can ourselves, we have to be so cautious and so aware and so in our word and so, so much in prayer because we even, you can come to church for a long time and you can, you can be in your word and you can be pretty solid in, in knowledge and understanding. And the, the enemy can take one little thing and tweak it and, and your vision is obscured. And so we have to be so cautious. We have to understand. I, I think one thing, too, is that the Lord's bringing, I don't say bringing back to me, but really reminding me of and making me be aware of is that there is spiritual warfare happening all around us all the time. And sometimes we lose that. Like, right, we see like a, a problem situation, like even as being like a teacher and a coach in high school, there's a lot of stuff going on, right? Um, you can see things for a, a, as as they are, right? A, a kid getting in a fight because of whatever. Um, uh, kids getting in trouble because of this, talking back, being disrespectful. At the end of the day, it's it's sin and it's spiritual warfare that's happening. And so uh, for me as a believer and, and us as the bride, when we go into our jobs and we see a problem, a situation arise, or we see somebody going through something, our eternal vision is going to say that there's spiritual things happening there. And we as a body have to be able to discern what is happening. And so the only way to gain through discernment is through knowing the truth. It's through being in, 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 in your private place with the Lord. It's through growing with Jesus, growing through the Holy Spirit, and being able to discern those problems. There's so much happening. There's so much happening. Um, there's, man, I mean, we could talk about endless topics, endless, 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 endless topics about how the enemy is literally twisting and doing whatever he wants and manipulating even things within the church. There's, there's things that uh, we know some friends, a lot of friends who are involved in different churches, and there's stuff going on that's evil. And we, like, I, I'm saying that to say that we can't just automatically, like, oh, we're just believers and we're in a church, so everything's all good. Like, no, the enemy is still trying, right, he's trying to actively come into our mindsets, to actively infiltrate our vision. He's constantly doing this, and he's constantly doing this to people around us. Everybody at our job is being influenced by the enemy, by sin, by evil. And so we have to wake up, right, open our eternal eyes. We have to, to, to come under that eternal vision and see the, the spiritual things that are taking place all around us. In the church, when we go home, uh, at our jobs, <clears throat> when we travel, whatever we're doing, is that we, we I, man, I truly think we need to, to see what's actually happening, to really see what's going on. Um, there's so much. I, don't, I can't even really explain everything that the Lord has been working in me, things that he's been showing me, um, the things that he's been revealing to me. Um, because there's things that I look back, even when I was in college, I had so much pride in my life. High school, like I, I had so much pride and I didn't even see it. Um, and I really was so convinced that what I was doing was just like 100% correct. I was so convinced. Um, and like I had that experience my freshman year, like I was saying, where a desperation and a hunger grew to just be with God because I had nothing else. And so it was, it was through the building of relationship with my father, with my creator, that he, he took pride away from me. And there's still moments where pride wants to resurface and I have to reckon myself dead to sin and alive to Christ. But it was through that time the Lord just brought me to a place of meekness and humility. 
and uh, really just started speaking to my heart. And there were so many things that I thought, I was like, man, this is it. This is, you know, I'm 100% correct on all these things. And, and what I always thought was correct. And, you know, the more that I'm learning and knowing about God, the more I'm like, whoa, I don't think I fully understand that. Like, I don't think I fully grip that. Um, it's just, it's deep. It's deep. And so I think when we as believers have to, as a bride, have to approach the word of God in humility and meekness. Because there's things that I'm learning today that God has opened my eyes to the past few years that I'm like, whoa, how did I not see that? How was I so convinced of this? And now the Lord has opened my eternal eyes to that. And it doesn't even make sense that I was believing what I was believing. And so I, I just, I, I want to bring the bride to a place of humility, to a place of meekness, to a, a place of eternal vision where we can go to the word and just read the word for what it is and, and, and soak in the words of God and experience the word of God and encounter the word of God. Um, and so I, I want us today to encounter Jesus, right? I want us today to encounter truth. I think truth is, has been being forsaken so much nowadays. I think church culture and just uh, even worship culture has just really gone and left field. Um, and I think we're really losing truth. <clears throat> um, and that's one of the things that uh, tonight that um, I'll be uh, bringing the message for the live stream tonight. And um, the Lord's been putting some heavy stuff in my heart for like the, the worship industry um, as a whole. And I really want to talk about that. And y'all guys heard me talk about worship a lot, and I'm really passionate about it. Um, so that's what I'm going to be talking about tonight. Um, but, man, I just, I, I, I really see a lot of the things, even in the church, that we're, I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing, man? Because even for me, I don't, I don't want to come in here and just do the same thing every single time and just, like, go through some uh, routine church motion. Like, that's not what it's about. Like, every time we come here, we should be experiencing and encountering God in a way we've never encountered him before. That's how we grow. That's how we change. <clears throat> that's, how, that's how God brings us to a place where we're like, okay, God, I thought I knew this, but you just delivered me from that. Um, I don't, man, I'm just, man, I, wherever you want to go, Lord, I follow you. Because, I, you know, you can walk around and you can act like you know things and, and have a certain thing. And you're like, yeah, this is it, this is it, this is it. But at the end of the day, it comes back, one, to Jesus, right? Eternal vision, Jesus. And for us as, as uh, the church, just walking in humility and seeking, right, actively seeking, <clears throat> going through the word of God and coming under truth. Um, there is a... I really feel like there's been a lack, and that, that's, that's what the Lord put in my heart this morning, that there's been a lack of, of hunger uh, for Jesus. And if we lack hunger for Jesus, we're not doing anything. We're not doing nothing. We can come and have great services, but if we lack hunger for Jesus, we're not doing nothing. If we lack hunger for Jesus... It, everything means nothing. This is the, the the truth. If we lack hunger and thirst for him, to know him, for people around us to experience and encounter him. Because when you, when you come under a love and a hunger for God, through that hunger, he gives you a hunger for people. Because that's his character, it's his nature. 
And so if we're lacking hunger for Jesus, I can guarantee you we're lacking hunger for people. And if you guys don't know this, but Christianity is on a decline in America. Decline constantly, right? And so <clears throat> I look at that, and obviously everybody makes their own choices. Can't force anybody to do, to, to do anything. I can't force you guys to listen to what I'm saying. I can't uh, force other people to accept Christianity. Um, but Christianity is on a decline. So in my head, I'm like, hold on, this is... This is the God of the universe. This is, this is Jesus who sent his son. He died on the cross for us, paid the ultimate price, and now our beautiful gift is grace, and we get to ex- receive Jesus and just walk in grace. Like, this is, this is the, the gospel. And so I see those things, and I'm like, what's happening? Like, what's not being done? What are we missing in the church? What are we missing in our lives that are actually not producing Jesus, but are just producing, like, uh, a culture of, of something? And that, honestly, that's like a cult. Like, that's what happens with cults. You have, the, like, a, a, a radical leader, and he, like, leads people. That, but if it's just a culture, if it's just a thing you do when you come to church, then it's not a lifestyle. And Christianity is about us living every single day 24-7 under eternal vision. It's about us living every single day under Christ, walking with him, speaking to him. And everybody that we go to, right, when we live our lives that way, when we meet people, <laughs> when we meet people and we're, our lives are walking with Christ and aligned with him, it will be a byproduct of Jesus. Like when we see people that we don't know, that we know, like our lives and our, what we say and the things that we do and how we treat them will be a byproduct of what we believe in Jesus. Man, that's, this is something that's like for real, for real, because I see I, I've just seen a lot of things in the church, and uh, a lot of it isn't Jesus. Not just our church, right? There, I, I know a lot of different friends and pastors and stuff. I see a lot of things, and they're not Jesus. They're not Jesus. And so we have to come back to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We have to come back to him. We have to, we have to grow a desperation and a hunger and a thirst to know Jesus and for people around us to know him in that same manner. And the only way that will happen in our lives, in the bride, in the church of Christ, is if we align our vision back to him. That's the only way things will take place because if we don't have vision, we won't have any sort of direction. And we're just going to be kind of walking in circles without any growth in our life and, and running into walls because our eyes are fixed on things which are seen. They're fixed on, on, on the temporary things that, that really don't make any sense. And what I'm saying to you isn't anything extraordinary. The things that I'm delivering you today is not like this like crazy revelation. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's nothing like that. It's the most simple message. It's saying we need to get our eyes back on Jesus. It's the simplest thing. It's the simplest thing. So... I want us to respond today, um, not just, like, hear it and, and, like, be like, oh, that's good. Like, I want our hearts to be checked today. I want our minds and our vision to be checked by the Holy Spirit today. I want us to evaluate and to look at our lives and the things that we've placed of value and really see if those line up with eternal vision. Um, <clears throat> If man, I just I just want us to respond. Um, so worship team, you guys can come back up, and I I really just want us to to come to a place, um, man, where we're just hungry for the Lord. 
uh, we're hungry for Jesus. We're hungry to see Jesus. And I want us to respond um, appropriately to Jesus this morning. Uh, man, the last verse that I was reading in the book of Revelation really sums it up. Uh, it says, whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him. They fall down and they cast their crowns before Jesus. I want, I want us to respond appropriately today to Jesus. I want us, I, when's the last time you were on your knees? When's the last time you were on your face for the Lord? When's the last time? We were on our faces for Jesus. Say, God, check me. Check my heart. Align my vision. Align the things that I can't see, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord.